we're going to go on. Last time we were studying and uh, seeing some things in the book of First Samuel. And uh, so I'm glad that you all are here, even on your birthday time and birthday season. And uh, thank the Lord for all of our Facebook family that's joining us and studying with us, looking to see Jesus Christ in every book of the Bible. And um, so we, we are learning that Jesus is not just in the New Testament, but he's in the whole Bible. Um, and we're looking to see him in every book of the Bible. And when we do that, we get to see and understand that God has been about something from the beginning. Because the, the Bible begins, Gen Genesis 1, chapter 1 says, in the what? In the beginning, God. Okay? And, uh, and as we come to understand and learn as we study that God, wa God was not by himself. There was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in the beginning. And so we get to see that God was about something, up to something, to communicate something from the very beginning. And in every book of the Bible, we get to find out there's something in there pointing to God's ultimate blessing, pointing to God's ultimate gift. And the ultimate gift of God is his Son, Jesus Christ. And his ultimate gift, being Jesus Christ, came into the world that we might have a relationship with God the Father and that our relationship would go over into eternal life if we would put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so as you study this and as you meditate the word, you get to see how God is relentless. God is relentless with respect to trying to communicate his love. He's relentless in trying to communicate his what? His love. He's relentless in trying to communicate his love. He's relentless in trying to let everybody know that what he said in his word is true, which he said in his word, I have loved you with an everlasting love. A love that doesn't run out a love that won't go away, a love that won't fade away, a love that you can't even sin it away. Not, you can't even sin it away. Why? Because the word says, where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. And what is grace? Grace is God's unmerited favor. And one of the ways he expresses his unmerited favor is through his love. He keeps on loving us and keeps on loving us. And when we study the Bible from Genesis all the way to Revelation, we get to see Jesus in every book of the Bible. And the reason why we get to see him in every book of the Bible is because God wants us to know he's been after us and will not let us go. Amen. So, so if anybody lets go, it's us. Because he's not going to let us go. He's going to keep pursuing us with his love. He's going to keep popping up in our life and saying... Here I am. Here I am. I'm still loving you. I'm still, I'm still after your heart. Give your heart to me. Amen? So uh, let's go on tonight and uh, see some things that we did not see last time. Learn some things that um, we haven't learned before. All right? So last time we were in the book of 1 Samuel. Um, but as I was studying and preparing this week, 
uh, he showed me something, so I want to share them with you, okay? And um, we, in the, we studied the first five books of the Bible called the Pentateuch, right? Um, and then we went on past there um, to the next ones. And now uh, we've been looking at the Judges and now First Samuel. And when we studied the Judges, we began to see that there was a period of time called the period of the Judges. The Judges were leading, ruling over the nation of Israel for an extended period of time after who died? After Joshua, very good. After Joshua, uh, and when, when Joshua helped them partition the promised land, he sent everybody to their part partition of the land. Every tribe went to their area, and then Joshua died, and then there was no one person directing them. There was no one leader. And so they would, they, they would do good for a minute, then they would mess up, and then they would need help, and then, they would, and then enemies would come against them, and they wouldn't know what to do, and they would cry out to the Lord, and the Lord would release a judge to help them. And that happened over and over and over again for a very long period of time, over 400 years. You remember that? Yes. So, so now we're coming to the place where it's the end of the period of the judges. And now we're down to the last of the judges. And the last of the judges has a name. The last of the judges was Samuel. He was the last of the judges. And he was a judge, but he was also a prophet. And last time we talked about uh, how he came into existence, how um, his, his mother could not conceive, and she went to the temple to pray, uh, and, and Eli, the priest, was there, and she was so passionately, intensely praying, he thought she was drunk. And she said, I'm not drunk, I'm just desperate for a child. And he spoke the word of the Lord over her, and she had a child, and that child was Samuel, right? And Samuel and his mother, when she prayed for him to, be, to have a child, she told the Lord, if you give me a child, I'll give him back to you. And so she did. And so Samuel became the last of the judges, okay? Now, in this season, of time, um, the nation of Israel is kind of, as we say, they're kind of scattered, right? Um, because they're all in their part, part of the promised land, and Samuel is going from place to place, trying to help them, keep them together, trying to keep them in the good and the right way, reminding them about their relationship with God, reminding them they needed to worship the Lord, reminding them they needed to serve God, okay? And so, now, he is the last of the judges. And while he becomes the judge, the children of Israel are still looking around at their neighbors and saying, well, they got a king, and, and, and we, 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 think we, would be, we think we might want a king, even though they already had one. Did they already have one? Yes, they already had one. Who was their king already? God was already their king. He was already their king. He was already their 
their provider. He was already their, their salvation. He was already their keeper. They already had a king. But, but they decided that we, we want another king. Uh, Samuel, you're good, you're a prophet, that's great and wonderful, um, but would you go to the Lord and ask, and ask the Lord, could we have a king? And Samuel was upset because he was judge over them and he was doing an excellent job. Because as, as a judge over the people and as a prophet over the people, Samuel was a leader of great integrity. And so he was like, well, what's wrong with me? And they were like, we want a king. And he reminded them, well, God is, God is the Lord over this nation. And they were like, we want a king. We want a king. Give us a king. So Sam, they go to Samuel and say, ask God, can we have a king? So even though he was upset, Samuel went to the Lord, God, about their issue <laughs> with wanting a king. And the Lord wasn't too thrilled with that either. But when Samuel prayed and went to the Lord, the Lord said, give them what they're asking for. Give them what they want. And what did they want? They wanted a king. So, the, so God told Samuel, tell them they could have a king. But also tell them that they will live to regret it. So, let's turn to 1 Samuel. See some things here. The book of 1 Samuel. I got the right passage. Chapter... 12, chapter 12, and verse 13. Are you there? And it says, Now therefore, behold the king whom ye have chosen, and whom ye have desired, and behold, the Lord hath set a king over you. If ye will fear the Lord and serve him and obey his voice and not rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then shall both ye and, all, and also the king that reigneth over you continue following the Lord your God. Verse 15. But if ye will not obey the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then shall the hand of the Lord be against you as it was against your fathers. So this is the word of the Lord coming to the people of Israel through Samuel as he prophesied to them. And he said, the hand of the Lord will be against you as it was against your fathers. Meaning that the hand of the Lord went against their, their forefathers. And if you remember in our study, we talked about how when the Lord brought them to the promised land and he said, go on, and they were like, we're not going. 
uh, uh, we, it's snakes and we saw snakes and, and it's boo scary and we're not going. And they told God we're not going. And so the Lord, so they turned around and went back. Let's go back to Egypt. And so they did not get into the promised land for how long? 40 years for not obeying the commandment of the Lord. And so now the Lord's talking to them again, saying, okay, you want a king? Uh, so line up with, with who I am. Line up with what you know is good and right according to the law. And it'll be good for you. And it'll be elsewise the hand of the Lord will be against you as it was your forefathers. Okay? So, where they, so they decided, we good with that. It's, it's all good. Okay, so, so now they have a king. And, but before they got the king, uh, Samuel had to find him. And so, he had to, and so he had to be what? He had to be led of the Lord. Well, who, who, who's it going to be? Because they did not have any other leaders, right? So, so who's going to be the king? There was no king before Saul. So Samuel's the perfect person to have the assignment to find a king for them. Why is Samuel the perfect person? Because of his integrity and because of his relationship with God. Because Samuel could hear the Lord when he spoke to him. Samuel learned how to hear the voice of God when? When he was a child. He learned to hear the voice of God when he was a child. So now he has to find a king. So how many, how many people does he have to separate out to find a king? Huh? Millions. Millions. He had the whole nation of Israel, all the 12 tribes, and he had to be led of the Lord to the right one. So you think he needed a prayer life? And a relationship with the Lord. Because he he's like, I can't, I can't find the person without the help of the Lord. But he, the Lord sent him out among the people. And when he got near Saul, the Lord said, there he is. He won't sit in the house trying to find a king. He won't rock on the front porch in his chair trying to find the king. He had to get up and be led. Get up and move. Get up and go. And the Lord selected out Saul to be the, the first king. They had a grand celebration. They had a great coronation. This is wonderful. We got a king and he's, he's tall and he's good looking and he's strong and and. So they're all excited that they have a king. Did the, did the people of Israel know anything about Saul? No. They, didn't, they, they, knew, they knew almost nothing about him. All they knew was that he looked good and that he had a, he had a, he had a, a, a warrior uh, history. And uh, so he looked, and he looked kingly. Because he was very tall in stature. And like he, our king is bigger than everybody else's king. Is that shallow? 
Yes. Is that human? Yes. Yes. So, so now they're all excited to have this grand coronation. Now they have a king. Now they have to make robes for the king and set a place for the king and all this stuff. And so he, he kind of started out real good. I mean, he started out kind of good because it's like, you know, did, he, was, he was trying to figure out how to be a king based on what somebody else had done. When he saw the Philistines and whoever. But, but at first he started out pretty good. Did that last? Uh, no, that did not last. Because he, his head started doing this, right? His head starts swelling up. He started getting the big head, right? And, uh, and uh, when everybody said, oh, he's wonderful, he would tell himself, you're wonderful. And that got him into trouble. And he began to think that he was, that he, his place was every place. And so in, when he became the king, enemies came against the nation of Israel and they had to war against other people. And he would go out to war with them and they would win and it would be, oh, we won because we have a king. King Saul is the man. And, 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 and he would be like, yeah, I am the man. <laughs> and and uh, that started to become a problem. That started to become a problem because you don't read very much about him uh, submitting to the Lord. You don't read very much about him bowing down to the Lord. He, he got to the place where he thought that he could do, he, his place was every place, and, they, and one time there was a, a worship thing going on, and uh, he decided that he was, going to, he was going to take over the priest's job. The priest ain't here, well, I'm the king, so I, I, I'm going to do what the priest do. Uh, that did not go over well with God. But he continued with this mindset um, and got to the place where the scripture that we read was um, not on his radar, which was uh, rebelling against the commandment of the Lord. And that's what he began to do. So what, what did everybody else do? Rebel against the command of the Lord. And so that led to many problems. Then he began to tax the people and, uh, and, and take, their, take, their, take from them for himself and put all kind of people into service for the king, be his chariot drivers, come be his chauffeur, come be his valet, all these things that were not pleasing to the Lord. While this was going on, um, the people began to be upset, right? And so there was more war, and the nation of Israel was fighting their adversaries and their enemies and all of that. Saul has a family, um, and he has sons, and one of his sons was named Jonathan. He became best friends with another young man named David. And uh, David was uh, pulled into the service of the king um, at when they began to fight uh, the Philistines and Goliath. Y'all remember that? Okay. So Saul's the king, but David's the fighting, fighting man. 
And he fights the king, he fights, the, not the king, but he fights Goliath, and uh, he kills Goliath. Because all the, all the soldiers and, and even the king, here comes Goliath of Gath, and he's humongous, he's bigger than the king. So everybody's scared, but David's not afraid. And so he fights, he wins, and everybody's like, oh, but David is the man. And Saul uh, becomes very angry, very jealous. And everybody didn't know how angry and jealous he could be. Because then he became ruthless to do something, to do away with David. To do it because he didn't want anybody to be famous but him. Okay? And so David begins to get more and more attention. And Saul becomes angrier, 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 and decides, I want to kill this boy. Even though David is serving him, even though David is, is ministering to him, um, and nevertheless, he wants to kill him. So he begins to find every which way that he can kill David. So now David's running. He and other loyal warriors to him are running for his life. And Saul's trying to kill him, but he's not successful at killing him. And there were times and occasions when David could have killed King Saul, but he did not. Why not? He said he would not touch the Lord's anointed, right? And David had been anointed, I mean, that Saul had been anointed as king, even though he started acting crazy, all right, and being disobedient to God. So, here they are. And Saul begins to get so off the chain, and the people are so oppressed by him, and wickedness is rising under his leadership, that the Lord says to Samuel, we're going to get somebody else. <laughs> so um, it's not going to be today or tomorrow that Saul is moved off the scene, but we got to have somebody else ready to go, in position to go. So the Lord tells Samuel, go find the next king. And so he does. And he determines that the next king, the Lord lets him know the next king is to be, he had to do the same thing he did the first time, go out among the people, find out who it is. So he connects with, with somebody um, named Jesse. And Jesse got a bunch of sons. And ultimately his youngest son, David, is anointed to be the next king. But it didn't happen the next day, did it? No, it didn't happen for years after that. And in the interim, Saul's trying to kill David. And in these, will, these battles that the nation is having with other nations, ultimately, uh, Saul is killed. And the next king ascends to the throne. So now, Israel had been divided because they had been spread out. When Saul became the king, they came under Saul's leadership, Saul's rulership, 
And now that he's gone, they come under David's rulership. And under David's rulership, the country becomes more united. The 12 tribes begin to function like one again. And um, he, even, uh, developed, he even restored the worship because they had quit coming together in worship. So the worship is restored. And uh, he even put in people that would run the government, not just him by himself. So I read somewhere that he established civil service, um, people who worked for the government of the nation, okay? Um, and he became the king, and it seems that every person, no matter who they are, because we can look at ourselves and see the same thing, that everybody has an ebb and flow of their, of their life, right? And so, so now David is the king, and it's all good. And everybody's, and everybody's happy about it, um, except Saul's son that was still alive. He was like, well, I could be the king because my daddy was. But the Lord did not choose him to be next. And so everybody's happy and all that. And everybody has an ebb and flow. Saul started out great, and then he went left of center and uh, went from great to wicked, went from good to evil. And everybody has that ebb and flow in their life. So now David's the king, and everybody's happy about it. And, and, David's, doing, and David's doing well. And... Um, how long was David the king? Anybody want to guess? David was the king of Israel for 40 years. That was a long time, right? He was the king for 40 years, and um, the Bible says that he was a man after God's own heart. What does that mean? Loved God. What else would you think that it means? Somebody who's, that, that, that person has a heart after God's own heart. When you see that person, you see the heart of God. What does that mean? That person must be loving. That person must be relational. That person must be gracious. gracious. That person must be caring. That person must be willing to submit. Okay? Uh, that person uh, is caring. That person is not selfish. And, and those qualities could be seen in David. Now, in addition to being the king... We know before he became the king, he was a shepherd, right? Before becoming the king, he was a warrior. What else do we know about David the king? What else was he? A musician. Yes. A musician. A writer. A dancer. Right? He was a writer. How do we know he was a writer? The book of Psalms. Okay? They were, they were songs that who wrote? David wrote. A person with a heart after God is a, is, is a person who's honest, 
who believes in the truth, who would love the truth. And so as we, when we look at the life of David, we saw that he was not perfect. He was not perfect, but when he was imperfect, did he, did he lie about it? I mean, you know, I mean, he, 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 he might lie for a minute like some of us. <laughs> but when confronted by the Holy Ghost, would he lie? Then he would tell the truth. And then he would repent. And then he would weep and cry. Okay? Were there times when he went completely off the rails? Yes. But he had a quality that Saul did not, which, mean, which was that he would humble himself under the mighty hand of God when he messed up. And Saul would blame other people. Whoa, me. So here's David having these qualities, being the king, leading the people, leading the nation, uniting the nation bringing them all together. Was he perfect? No. Was his kids perfect? By no means. <laughs> By no means. Okay? They, they, they were not, he was not, but the Lord used him mightily, correct? Um, in David, we can see Jesus where? How? A shepherd. Yes. How else? As a king. Absolutely. Loving God's people. Delivering them out of the hand of Saul, right? He was a deliverer. He was a warrior. A lover of people. Had mercy and compassion. Say that. He was an example of God leading the people. All of those things. We see Jesus. And his life is quoted and utilized in the New Testament many, many times. His warrior, his warrior spirit, his heart after God, his tenderness, his receiving, his receiving forgiveness. Because he messed up royally, didn't he? And he messed up royally, but was forgiven by God and received it. Right? Now, when he, he received forgiveness, he knew he didn't earn it. He knew he didn't deserve it, but he would receive it. Correct? 
And so we, we're talking about the fact that he, that David is mentioned a lot in the New Testament. One thing that's not mentioned about David in the New Testament is his sin. You remember he took another person's, he took another man's wife. When, his, when her husband was off fighting the war that David was supposed to be fighting, David was at the house looking out the window and some, somebody else's wife took somebody else's wife. When you read about David in the New Testament, you don't read that. It's not in the New Testament. Why? Because God had forgiven him. And why did he not put it in the New Testament? Because he wants us to know that when he forgives, it's forgiven. Yes, we can read about it in the, in the Old Testament, but in the New, the sin is wiped away, washed away to communicate to us what? That we, when we confess our sin, when, when we go to the Lord and say we're sorry, and he says, I forgive you, it's washed away, it's wiped away. So that when we're done wrong, what are we supposed to do to the person that offends us? Forgive them. And function like it's gone forever. It's blotted out. Does anybody need to grow to that place? We all do, right? But I thought that when I was studying that, I was, I was like... I, we read about David in the New Testament and his mighty acts and all of that. And I read, but his sin is not recorded in the New Testament. For us to see that who Jesus is, when he forgives, we are forgiven. Okay? There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And when we walk after the flesh and we commit sin and we confess it, then he, he forgives us. And the Bible says he remembers it no more. I think that's pretty good. What about you? Awesome, right? Awesome. Okay. And if he did it for David, he will do it for us. And I don't know about you, but he's already done it for me. Amen. To God be all of the glory. Okay. Let me see. What do I want to... One more thing. One more thing. We see Jesus in the forgiveness. All right. Now, let's look at 2 Samuel one more time. Yes, 2 Samuel. One more passage I want you to see before we go.
show tonight. And um, I did want you to see this was a passage where, where, where David was confronted by Nathan the prophet and how he um, repented. Amen? Second uh, Samuel chapter 12 and verse 13. And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, the Lord also hath put away thy sin. Are you there? And David said unto Nathan, verse 13, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, the Lord also hath put away thy sin. Thou shalt not die. which took David into the next seasons of his own life so that he could be the blessing and not live under condemnation. Amen? And that we can live that way as well. No condemnation. All right? Okay. Let's go to First Kings. We're going to start in First Kings. We're not going to get. We're not going far into it tonight. But I did want to get us a little further down the road tonight. So. First Kings and Second Kings. We, we looked at First Samuel, Second Samuel. Now we're First Kings, Second Kings. In these books and the ones that follow are First Chronicles, Second Chronicles. All these books are books of history. History of the Jewish people, history of the nation of Israel. And I wanted you to, to, to see that um, the nation of Israel, after David, it ended up getting split up and all kind of things began to happen. And it got split where 10 of the tribes stayed together, two of the tribes separate, were separate from them. And those separations became known as the Northern Kingdom and the Southern Kingdom. After David, they were not one kingdom anymore. They became two kingdoms. And when you read um, these particular books of the Bible, 1 and 2 Samuel, 1 and 2 Kings, 1 and 2 Chronicles, um, it, talks, it uses the term Israel. And sometimes you think it's talking about the whole nation of Israel, and it's not. Sometimes it's talking about, when it's used the term Israel, it's speaking about the 10 northern tribes. And sometimes uh, it's speaking about the, the two southern tribes. And so when you're reading 
And when you're reading these particular passages and looking for Jesus in these, pa- in these books of the Bible, you need to understand that that's why sometimes people read these passages and they say, I can't read the Bible because I don't understand. And so there is the, there is, and so we're going to, I'm going to point that out to you next time more clearly. We don't have enough time tonight, but next time I want to point out to you more clearly that there's the nation of Israel, then when Israel gets divided in half, not really in half, but in 10 and 2, the term Israel is used to describe the 10 and not the 2. Sometimes the term, the 10 are described as Israel. Sometimes the 10 is described as Ephraim. Sometimes the 10 is described as Samaria. So when, when you, so when you get into these particular books of the Bible, uh, First and Second Samuel and First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles, you have to get that understanding. And I'm going to share with you more about how to have that understanding when you're reading it. Because when the ten are referred to as Ephraim, you think, well, what is that talking about? Who, who, who's Ephraim? Here's, here's who Ephraim is. Ephraim is, was the leader of the division. Ephraim was the one that, that told the ten, we're going to break away from these two. So the ten sometimes were called Ephraim because he was the one that started the, the breakup. Are you getting this? Okay. And so when I was studying this, I, I was like, oh. <laughs> and sometimes the two were called Israel and sometimes the two were called Samaria. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and what, what we'll see next time is that the, the ten had prophets and the two had prophets. And so next time I want to show you, I'm going to show you Elijah and, and well, who, who, who was he connected to when he was prophesying? We'll learn that next time. Amen? Praise the Lord.